Thank you for listening to the program. The second miracle in the Gospel of John that is recorded is one of the well-known things, uh, the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria. It's in chapter 4. And as the Lord traveled through Samaria, he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, and near the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and him, uh, Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat on the well there, sat down, and it was about noon. And his disciples had went into the city to buy food, to buy meat, and the well was uh, some distance, maybe a mile, I don't know, looked like, best I could see there was uh, a little bit of a journey there to, to get water. But they weren't there is, I guess, the point I'm trying to make. This is so profound. It's between God and a woman of Samaria. And Samaria, I'm, I'm sure you realize, was... They were uh, were not pure Jewish people, and I don't know in culture today, I don't know that wouldn't mean what it has for so long so much. So a half-breed is looked down on more than one or the other to be both, and I don't, I'm not sure exactly what goes on there or why, but, but that's how it was with them, and that's why when they went to town to get meat, this woman comes out to get water from the well. And he, there again, everybody has to know the story, said, give me a drink. And she said, how do, is it that you even talk to me? I'm a woman of Samaria. How is it you even talk to us? And they didn't even uh, really join in with Gentiles it wasn't that they couldn't speak to them or anything like that, but they weren't to have dealings with them or relationships or to eat with them and, and that way. A Jew might meet a, a Gentile on the street and know him as a fellow, uh, you know, citizen of the town. Hey, how you doing and all that. But if the Gentile said, would you come in and eat with us? He would say, no, I'm not allowed to do that. Like Peter said, I couldn't fight God, though. I, I did go into the house of Cornelius, and here's what happened. So he did talk to this woman. They came back upon that very scene, as and he said to her, I am the Messiah. She said, when Messiah comes, he'll tell us all things. And he said, I am he. And upon this, the disciples came and marveled that he talked with her. Yet no one asked him. They didn't say, what are you doing talking to her, a woman of Samaria? She leaves her water pot and goes back uh, to the city to tell the men there what has happened. So what he said to her is all important. The details and this and that of the story are, are, are necessary or they wouldn't be put here. But what he said to her is exactly, I was looking over here, this is some time later, a year or more, or 
more than that later, but at the last day, at the great day of the feast, it was at least a year later, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit that they which believe on him should receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because he was not yet glorified. Over here, that's what he's telling her uh, is that very thing about I am the living, I am the water of life, the living water. And if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for that. She didn't know she had to know he was a Jew, or or she wouldn't have said that straight out. Is uh, I she was surprised he even spoke to her. The Jews have no dealings with us. They wouldn't give us the time of day, and you ask me for a drink of water. So she wants that water, and give me that living water. And he, you don't have a, you know, how are you going to give me water? But if you, you know, I want it. So I don't have to come here ever again to get water. I won't be thirsty again. She took it that literal in where he said, if you drink of the water I'll give you, you won't thirst again. And in her mind, that meant not to have to come there and get water. But she, I don't know, was skeptical, I'm sure, is so if it is real water, like she was, still, how's he going to come up with it? What what is? And what's he doing there anyway? I don't know that she knew those men were with him. And she may not have passed them on the way. She might have. Uh, they might have already uh, already been to town and got there, and then she comes out there. Uh, I don't know. But she says to him, you know, I, I want that water. And he said, all right, go and call your husband. Go, go get him, I'll wait, and then come back and I'll give you, or, or she assumed that's what he meant, uh, go and call your husband and come back then. Because she said, give me this water, sir, that I thirst not, and don't have to come back here to the well to draw water. And she said, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're right, you don't. You've had five, the one you live with now is not in that you said very truly and it says the next thing the verse 19 sir i perceive you're a prophet well if you look at the story uh she said to him our fathers worship in the mountain and you in jerusalem because they were they were forbidden they couldn't come into the temple now other Jews could become uh, proselyte, you know, as it were. They were they became a, a Gentiles became a Jew and were allowed to some extent in the outer court there, and and they took up the ways of the and became a Jew as much as they could. I don't believe, as far as I know, the Samaritans were not allowed that they were looked down upon. So they had to worship in their own place. So she was wanting to ask him about. Basically, bottom line: Are we condemned? Or, or do we have a chance to be heard by the Father? Because we say we have to go to the mountain, but the Jews say, no, at Jerusalem, the temple, that's the only way you can be heard by God. And the Lord did say, you worship, you don't know what. 
and we know what we worship, but they still were carrying out uh, worship that he said makes me sick, really, because it's not right and, and it's not true. Your feasts and your rituals had become that and or certainly could and, and had become that. And uh, look what he did to the temple <laughs> right before this, uh, clearing out all the the people that uh, right before Nicodemus there, right not very long later, this happens here. It's really early on in everything that that happened. But anyway, she hears what he says and, and wants that water. But still, I think she's skeptical. And then he says what he says about the her uh, status in marriage. And then she says, I perceive you're a prophet. And she went back to town and told the men there, the mayor went in the office and said, hey, call the council. I've got something to tell you. There's a man out there at the well, Jacob's well, yeah, that told me everything I ever did. Well, I don't know that she meant that literally, but it had to be more than her marriage status. Uh, she would say, well, you know, maybe a lot of people know that about me or know what, but that's not the issue. He told her things she would have to say. Nobody knew that. Only my dad knew that, and he's not here now. How could this man know that? And he just, I think he started with the thing about your husband and then went on and told her everything she had ever done back to six years old and this and that. And finally, she realized, sir, I perceive you're a great prophet. So what did she ask? How do I become, how do I find a husband? How do I get money? Or how do I serve God? It was well, it's more like that, but her, her desire in her heart, she wanted to know. And she had like saying, wow, you were talking to the son of God and you could ask him a question. What in the world did you ask him? I asked him about our salvation, whether we were going to be saved or not. Could we be true worshipers and, and not have to go to the temple? Or are we like the Jews say condemned, have no chance at all? Because they, and anyway, he gave her the answer we all know is that the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers, they won't worship at the temple or the mountain. They will worship the Father in the Spirit because God's a Spirit. And like it says over here that I read out of chapter 7, he spoke of the Spirit that they would receive. There's no question uh, about that. That's what he's talking about. That's the water of life, the bread of life, the living water. It's him, his divine spirit, not put with a person. He said to them, the spirit, you know him, the, the, the spirit. He's been with you, but he shall be in you. Like Paul said, your body is the temple of the spirit. Well, if that's all he said, that would be, yeah, me and the Lord in there. Well, but he says, you are the temple you are the living place of Christ. Really, that's truly being born again. And he told Nicodemus that, that I didn't cover because there's no real miracle there. Although it says at the feast he did a lot of miracles and many people believed on him. And Nicodemus comes and said, I know you're from God, all these miracles you do. But he didn't even get a chance to say, are you the Messiah? The Lord said, you must be born again. And I truly believe because like he said, those that the Father has given me will come to me. And so, like he said, no man can come to me unless it's given to him. And 
like Peter and the other, these very men, later on, he said, you know who I am? Oh, yeah. We know who you are. You're the son of the living God. Peter, do you know how you know that? And you're not like the man on the street corner thinks I'm a great prophet? How's that? My father in heaven showed you that truth. I don't think they all thought, oh, yeah, we knew that. I think they thought, well, we kind of thought we came to that conclusion when we saw you and Nathaniel say, you know, I, I thought that was of me when I said, I do believe you're who you say. He told them, I didn't say that. Nobody did. He did. And they all got the point is no matter what they thought, that was not the truth. He told them, you know who I am and that has been shown to you by God, my father. Otherwise, you couldn't believe that about me. It has to be given to you. So that's being born again. It really truly is. It's being given his spirit, not with you, but in you. Then that's a whole teaching like Paul told Timothy. You know my teaching about that. And that's what I, I want you to stay there in Ephesus for was, was to uh, keep them uh, on the uh, on that doctrine, on that teaching. It's all about love and forgiveness because like the Lord said, if you have any unforgiveness in your heart, you're you're walking in darkness. And if you think you're walking in the light and that's true, then you become what he calls blind. You think you can see, but you're blind. This woman had to have some belief and some idea about all this or she wouldn't have asked him. But But she did ask him and he did say, if you only knew who you were talking to, then I would have given you living water. And she still doesn't understand who he is until he tells her her whole life. Then she knows he's a great prophet. A lot of people knew that. Had to be. But the Son of God, the Messiah. And she says, he says, the hour's coming, though, when the promise of the Spirit is something that's not talked about a lot, but before they were born again in the Old Testament, that was the big thing. When Messiah comes, he will put his Spirit into us. And then we'll, we'll be able to keep his commandment to love him with our heart, with a new Spirit. I will put my Spirit into my heart, a new one, into you, he said, when Messiah comes. That was the big thing, to have the Spirit of Almighty God put into you. And then, yeah, rule the world and all that, but uh, that, that should have been secondary, but it kind of became primary about ruling in uh, the kingdom. And he tried to tell them, don't, don't do that. Don't worry about that. Because the true worshiper, wor- worship the Father, when these things happen, I'll bring all this to your memory, you'll remember. And it, to him, it, the time was already there. It was just a matter of a very short time before it would be true that he would live in this woman and everyone else when it was made possible in the day of Pentecost, uh, when that time came, then born again was the Spirit not being given to them. They already had that around them. It was for the Spirit of God to become you, in you, and you know of a certainty then they did that he really lived in them. The, the Spirit is reality. There's no, and, and I don't want to take time, logically can be proven without doubt by people that don't even believe in the Bible so at all so much, but they, they do know there is spirit. There is 
uh, something about man that is not that doesn't come from particles. And uh, here, though, she she is told what he told Nicodemus: "You must to be born again." And so she goes back to the city to tell those people uh, what has happened. And some of them believed uh, from what she said. I, I guess knowing her is she's not out of her mind and she wouldn't lie. And she's beside herself here saying. And so if that's all true, well, yeah, that'd be the Messiah because he told her and a great prophet. But if he were a great prophet and not the Messiah, that'd be the last thing he would ever say is, yeah, I'm the Messiah. So I don't know. But then they said, uh, now we believe not because of your saying, but we've heard him ourselves, And we know indeed he's the Christ, the savior of the world. He stayed there for two days. You talk about the disciples probably didn't even want to be seen going into a city of Samaritans. They, that's why they were shocked coming back out, seeing him talking to a woman of Samaria. So then what happens? They all are on the way back to, to uh, Sychar there uh, uh, to, to stay there overnight, I, I guess a couple of nights. And so then there, it doesn't say he did miracles. He may have, I'm not saying he didn't, but it doesn't record one. They say, we believe not because of your saying, but because we have heard him. And we know just like you do. So I don't think it's supposing too much to believe those two days. It doesn't mean he didn't do a miracle. But for her, the miracle of knowing everything that had happened to her that nobody else could know was about like Nathaniel. It was enough. And it was a miracle uh, of God that he did. And like he said, without signs right down here, uh, when he comes back to Cana and heals the uh, nobleman's uh, son that was almost dead, almost dying. And he said, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. It was given to them to have signs. And the Old Testament said he would do them. And that, that proved to them that it was him. But did it prove to all of them? No. So that's what he said. It's not those things. It's not by sight, it's, it's by faith. And he was faith, author and finisher of our faith. We're a, workmanship, uh, a workmanship. He's, we're his workmanship, or a work of, of his faith. Anyway, uh, but, but they, it wasn't that the signs and wonders saved them or that caused them to believe, but, and they may have believed at that very time, but he said, without that, you will not believe and if it gets back to where, no, you don't have to do anything, see anything, say anything, I'll just make you believe and make you do what's right. Well, you get back to, why didn't he do that with Adam and Eve? And, well, they'd be robots, that's why. Because Lucifer, you're given, he gives a little God the heart, a, a part of his spirit that won't ever die, but it does indeed have a beginning. And eternal life is, everlasting life is, I am. Meaning, I have no beginning, I have no end. That's only God. So in, in him will be a spring, in that person be a spring of water, living water, everlasting water, which is him, his spirit put into you. And that is a, that's what it's all about. I, and I'll say it with all due respect to anyone that might not understand, think about it. You don't go to heaven, and what if heaven wasn't there? Or you don't go to him and be with him forever because he forgave you of your sins only. 
Now, that's a part of it. I don't doubt. I, I'm not saying that. I'm not doubting that, that it, it must be that. But he said you must be born again to Nicodemus. And when you're born again, that's what saves you, is to have his spirit in you. He told them, you're, when I live in you, then you will have life. And here in this gospel, in the very first, uh, he was life, real life. Human life is dead in contrast and comparison because it's not God. It's a little God. It'll live forever, but it's not I am existing always that kind of spirit. He is that. When he cut out that and put it into a creature, he gave of himself and gave that creature the choice. And then think about it and work it out in your mind to where then he became and was made sin as a creature, but not one in order to overturn and make the way to forgive and ultimately then live in them. And that's what he was telling her that hour is coming. And now is what he's telling Nicodemus. It's what he was telling them. And that is they knew that's what it's all about is him living in your heart and you knowing who he is and abide in his love that's the thing yeah i belong to him love him and believe in him and everything and what does he want that's what paul said i preach unto you what he told me the gospel of not salvation he talked to the churches already believers he's saying here's what you need to do to have the fruit of inheritance which is him his love his gold his money that he put into you the water and it springs back up out but but and the gold you have profit but how much and the love is how much if you're in fellowship with him and no unforgiveness and you're walking in the light you're profiting and if you're in any darkness at all unforgiveness and 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 towards anyone then as the way i read it then no you're not profiting because you're in darkness and, and Paul said, even as the preacher, he said in Corinthians 13, even having gifts of God, you can still, if you don't have the heart right and your love right, even if that were possible, and if it were and not or what, and preachers, yeah, then you have no prophet. He said, even if I understood all mysteries, understood all scripture, preached the best sermons, had all the gifts of God, speaking all the tongues, talked to angels. If I do not have his love in there, what he describes in there is not human. It's always that way. That's him. If we're in that, we always are that way. If we're not, we're in the other love. And it is a struggle back and forth. I understand that. And we all do. But until that happened to them, they didn't know. But he was telling her what he told Nicodemus and I wanted to get to the end of what he told them, but maybe uh can do that next time. I tried to limit myself here to a certain amount of time. But it's all important to know who you are and why you are who you are in him, him in you. That's what Paul said. It's me, but it's not me. It's him in me, not him and me him in me then you become the person that he can be as you and he says there's one thing that will stand in the way that's unforgiveness on purpose not forgiving and won't and i lived a long sad part of my christian life thinking that i just that couldn't be done for me that's james says 
calling him a liar. That's why I didn't read that part of James too much all them years. And but when he opened my eyes to know it's that way or not, and I I don't know things here not too many years ago uh, came together after many thirty years of of not. Uh, understanding the what he asked of us and and that it can be done but it's done by giving up the old man that's how it's done and then what's left is who you are in him <clears throat> and yeah you go back and forth and it's a daily struggle but like paul said to timothy i've finally finished the race the course the good fight and i never quit that's that's what it's about you keep going back to who you are in him and these words are so profound that he told this woman um, the water I give you myself I'll be in you living divine life of God springing up into everlasting life you will be me and I'll be you forever and ever and the amount of inheritance we have in that everlasting kingdom will come from what we did or did not do according to what he said to do and that's about in his love first and foremost or no matter what else you do like paul said it doesn't matter if you don't abide in his love that is the issue that is the issue is to know him that's what paul meant i just want to love him with all my because you do and uh, everything's okay thank you for listening to the program and maybe next time try to look at the last part of that because it it really was something i was trying to see what he said to them but i do uh, appreciate you listening